नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय Canto 10, Chapter 12, Text 34, Translation and Commentary by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Oh, <laughs> I turned two pages instead of one. <laughs> Brahm Pramad Vipralipsa Karana Parthav Arsha Vigya Vake Nahido Sheshab Self-realized people don't make mistakes. Well, anyway, this kind of mistake. There's another thing, when, when, in reading scripture we have to be very careful also. There's so many ways we can make mistakes, mix up one thing with another. I turned two pages inadvertently, that's why I was chanting the wrong... I, I heard the sound of the devotees chanting, it became... Doubtful, and then I was looking here. I looked back and I wondered what's going on. Then I realized my mistake. Okay, so let's continue in the right with the right verse. Toto tihrishta svakrito krita hanam pushpai suga apsarascha nartanaihi. Gītāi sura vādya dharāśca vādya khai Gītāi sura vādya dharāśca vādya khai Stavaiśca vibhra jāyane svanāyar ganāha Thereafter, everyone being pleased, the demigods began to shower flowers from Nandan Kana and the celestial dancing girls began to dance and the Gandharavas, who are famous for singing, offered songs of prayer. The drummers began to beat their kettle drums and the brahmanas offered Vedic hymns. In this way, both in the heavens and on earth, everyone began to perform his own duties, glorifying the Lord. Okay, I'll read the whole purport and you can read it afterwards. Okay? Everyone has some particular duty. The Shastra has concluded, <coughs> Nirupitaha, that everyone should glorify the Supreme Personality of Godhead by his own qualifications. If you are a singer, always glorify the Supreme Lord by singing very nicely. If you are a musician, glorify the Supreme Lord by playing musical instruments. Svanusht hitasya dharamasya sangsidhir haritoshanam The perfection of life is to satisfy the personality of Godhead. Therefore, beginning from this earth up to the celestial kingdom, everyone engaged in glorifying the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The decision of all great saintly persons is that whatever qualifications one has acquired should be utilized to glorify the Supreme Lord. Idang hipong sas tapasashutasya vasvishtasya suktasya chabudhidate yo ho ho avichutor ta kavibhene rupito yad uttama shloka gunarna varnanam 
Gunanuvarnanam. Learned sages have definitely concluded that the infallible purpose of the advancement of knowledge, austerity, Vedic study, sacrifice, the chanting of hymns, and charity is found in the transcendental description of the qualities of the Lord who is defined in choice poetry. This is the perfection of life. One should be trained how to glorify the Supreme Personality of Godhead by one's respective qualities. Education, austerity, penance, or in the modern world, business, industry, education, and so on, all should be engaged in glorifying the Lord. Then everyone in the world will be happy. Krishna comes, therefore, to exhibit his transcendental activities so that people may have the chance to glorify him in every respect. To understand how to glorify the Lord is actual research work. It is not that everything should be understood without God. That is condemned. Bhagavad bhakti hinasya jati shastrang japasthapaha apranasyaiva dehasya mandanam lokaranjanam Without Bhagavad Bhakti, without glorification of the Supreme Lord, whatever we have is simply a decoration of the dead body. In this verse is a description of how various persons uh, glorified the Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna after he had slain Aghasura. Various persons were trained to perform various functions. The Apsaras were trained to dance. They were expert dancers. The uh, Gandharvas were expert singers, expert in the science of the, the practical execution of the science of music. Actually, it's mentioned especially about the Gandharvas singing, and there were drummers separately playing their drums, so they were also expert. The brahmanas who were trained in chanting Vedic hymns did so. So in this way, uh, everyone, according to their uh, individual abilities and training, glorified the Supreme Lord. According to uh, processes within the Vedic culture. Srila Prabhupada uh, comments herein that even... Features of the modern age, which are quite different to the ancient culture, they can be also utilized for praising Krishna. And one of the three verses he quotes in this purport uh, is the verse which he gave as the motto of the Bhaktivedanta Institute, or Sutra, you could say, something like that. Idang uh, you can get the translation. Well, I'll have to give it in English also. Anyway, the point is that Nirupitaha, it's ascertained by great sages that everyone should engage their abilities and their activities, whether it's uh, learning austerity, uh, sacrifice, chanting, charity, all these should be engaged for glorifying Krishna. The Srila Prabhupada uh, gave this verse as the motto or the guiding principle of the Bhaktivedanta Institute, which was uh, formed for 
preaching, uh, conveying the message of Krishna consciousness to the highly learned circles of the modern age, with the uh, particular aim of conveying Krishna consciousness to scientists and also to philosophers, trained. I mean, everyone in the modern age thinks they're a philosopher, but actually trained scholars, trained in philosophy. Translation problem. Philosopher to tattvavit. It's a bit difficult because to translate because the, the whole concept of philosophy in the Western world is quite different to that within Vedic culture. So you're saying tattvavit for philosopher, but it's, it doesn't exactly fit because it's a whole different concept. can translate that? Philosoph- philosophy in the modern Western culture means uh, uh, thinking, uh, uh, trying to formulate uh, what we say, cons- formulating conceptions that describe or give patterns to what is observed, observable reality or non-reality as they may consider it. And it's a highly speculative, uh, I wouldn't say discipline, but uh, endeavor. And that's why people speak of my philosophy or someone else's, Jung's philosophy or someone else's philosophy. Although actually there's no such thing as my philosophy or your philosophy. There's either fact and non-fact. Tatvavit means one who knows what is the fact. That was the word you used for trying. That's the actual meaning of philosophy. But in the Western age, in the, we- in the Western ethos, it's come to mean uh, elaborately developed opinions. Amrita Krishna is listening very carefully, but he doesn't understand English or Telugu. Could someone translate it into Tamil for him? Do you have any Tamil translators? Yeah. Here's Amrita Krishna Das, who's uh, from Sri Lanka, where the Tamils mostly know Tamil, and if they know anything else, they know Sinhalese, but not much English. Unless they're in a big city. So after that little diversion about uh, philosophy and Tamil speaking, let's get back to the subject. You don't translate that. Okay. It's another... another. So, uh, Srila Prabhupada formed the Bhaktivedanta Institute and he, uh, he didn't... Even though he was strongly opposed to uh, many of the concepts in modern uh, academics, in science and philosophy. He didn't say that it all had to be stopped. He didn't say that it was a wholly useless enterprise and that all the universities should be closed down and all the scientists should be sent to work in the fields, as they did in Kampuchea, for instance, if they didn't kill them. Anyway, that's another diversion. But rather, Srila Prabhupada proposed that science and philosophy can be brought to the perfectional point 
if uh, it if scientists and philosophers are presented with bhagavat tattva vigyana the science of the knowledge of krishna which is presented in Srimad Bhagavatam. Bhagavat Tattva Vigyanam Mukta Sangasya Jayate. Herein it's stated that by this scientific presentation of knowledge of God, then uh, one can be released from material bondage. So Srila Prabhupada, he, was, he, he wanted to uh, establish the knowledge and culture of Krishna consciousness within human society. I just uh, made a mention of Kampuchea during the reign of Pol Pot, the, the tyrant. He, uh, with the idea of instituting communism, with the idea that modern academic studies are all wrong, he either killed all the, he either had all the intellectuals killed or tried to convert them into shudras by sending them to work in the fields. Kamboj is the Sanskrit name. Srila Prabhupada's approach was uh, much kinder. He didn't propose to kill or uh, send to the fields all the scientists. But he recognized that they are leaders of society. And therefore Srila Prabhupada, he made a point of meeting with the highly educated people. More than meeting with uh, high-ranking officials and political leaders, Srila Prabhupada, he actually met more with uh, accomplished intellectuals. Because in, uh, in a more complete sense, the, the intellectuals, they are the leaders of society, more, more so than the, the uh, appointed officials like politicians and police and all these. Because uh, the intellectuals, they form the ideas by which societies are, around which societies are formed. Therefore, the most influential people are the uh, intellectuals, not the politicians. Just like, for instance, uh, Krishna Deva Rai, his name is famous, he, he was in this area also. But there's no influence of what he did anymore. You can just go and visit the fort and that's all. But uh, even before him, Ramanuja Acharya, Shankara Acharya, they weren't kings, they didn't have any political power, but their ideas have influenced continue to influence society even now. In the 20th century, uh, Hitler was maybe the, might be considered the most prominent person. He also had some philosophy, a completely mad philosophy. But when he died, his influence was more or less finished, although there are still some people who subscribe to his mad ideas. But the actual, the, the most influential people were, uh, who's, who influenced people's ways of thinking uh, were, for the 20th century, were probably Darwin, who came before the 20th century, Marx, who also came before. They, they, they were active in the 19th century. And uh, Freud, to name three of the 
intellectuals or misled intellectuals. Very influential. Freud has been uh, immense, immensely uh, influential. In as much yeah. in uh, breaking down traditional norms and usages in society. Throughout the world, in uh, civilized or somewhat civilized societies, there was the idea that there should be restraint in sexual matters. It's required for advanced human society. But Freud opposed this. Of course, this is a great simplification of complex, it's complex discussion, but basically speaking, Freud, he opposed all the uh, taboos of, mod of traditional life. Taboo means... Uh, uh, it means the uh, not not by law but by common opinion something is forbidden it's considered wrong not necessarily by law so we see that uh, previously uh, all over the all over the world well not in islam but in in Christianity, Judaism, Hinduism, Buddhism, there was no divorce. In all cultures of the world, contraception and abortion were considered wrong. Extramarital sex was considered wrong. That means having sex before you got married or having sexual relations with, after marriage with someone other than your husband or wife. Even within marriage, excessive sexual indulgence was considered wrong. Not only in India, I mean, even in the West it was considered something unusual and wrong. Masturbation, another thing that was considered wrong. Homosexuality was considered wrong. A few months ago in, in a small town in Tamil Nadu, I was speaking about how I was mentioned about homosexuality and how I said, you may, you may not think much about it here, but be sure that it's coming. Because everything that's coming from the West is, of course, West. It's not a Western practice, but it's promoted in the West. Well, it's small, not so. Velo, Velo, you want to know Velo, it's close to here. It's not so small. It's a provincial town, Velo. In the Bodhi translating, he didn't want to translate what I was saying because he thought, you know, why speak of these things among these people? They don't know about this, so why bring in these unpleasant subjects? That was his understanding. But then just after that, it came in all the newspapers and TV, there was this agitation for making homosexuality uh, allowed in India. So sorry if I'm upsetting you by talking about these things. But uh, it's part of modern life and it's something that we have, to, as preachers of Christian consciousness, it's something that we have to consider and deal with because people are going to ask us about this. What is your stance on so many things, stem cell research and all this kind of thing, so many things. So the point I was making is that uh, sexual liberalism has to a large extent stemmed from the uh, speculations of Freud, Sigmund Freud of Austria, I think it was from.
So, Srila uh, Prabhupada, he wanted that uh, Krishna consciousness be presented to the intellectuals, to everybody, but especially he wanted it presented to intellectuals because uh, they influence the whole of society. What is taught in the schools and universities uh, comes to be accepted as fact. Just like, for instance, uh, not very long ago, one generation ago in India, and not much further before in the West also, uh, what was considered the proper role of women in human society, it's changed radically. It was previously considered that women should follow and be submissive to their husbands. And now in India, as among the educated class of women, it's considered that they shouldn't follow their husbands. So this great change in thought has come from Freud through the Western educational system to India. So uh, all these various conceptions, interpretations, misconceptions, uh, they require to be addressed at the level at which they're coming from, namely the intellectual level. As I, would, yeah. As I was saying, Srila Prabhupada, his policy wasn't to shoot the intellectuals or try to forcibly convert them into non-intellectuals. Vidvan, again, there's a problem with that word. <laughs> Manishi is a word, Prabhupada sometimes translated as intellectual. Does that come in Telugu? Manishi? Manishi? No, Manusha, that is. Manishi. Oh, what is that? Well, that's the problem. That then It actually means a thoughtful person, one who uses the mana. But that's the problem. They're dvipada pashu, two-legged animals. They stop thinking. <laughs> they stop thinking. Thinking, the dying art of thinking, or almost dead. It's, uh, we're trying to revive the old traditions, such as you know, thinking. Using your, using your brain for something more than punching something into a computer. Nowadays they call a, a computer engineer an intellectual. You're not an intellectual. He's just a, a intelligent shudra, that's all. Really. I mean, they don't, it's, it doesn't help you to think about the purpose of life at all. It's just... <laughs> so, uh, Srila Prabhupada was a uh, campaign, campaigner for uh, reviving the art of thinking. He engaged in discussion with... Uh, educated people in uh, Srila Prabhupada engage in intelligent discussion with them. Although Srila Prabhupada uh, often expressed his uh, frustration at how stupid some of the, many of these so-called intellectuals were. He often expressed, uh, he often related uh, in his discussion with Professor Kotovsky who was the head of a department in the in the, uh, what do they call it in Russia? The, uh, they don't call it university. Institute. Department of Indology. At the, I guess it's the equivalent of an institute in Mos uh, of a university in Moscow. Prabhupada expressed his frustration that, you know, such a big intellectual, the most prestigious 
educational institute in Russia, and he, Professor Kotovsky said with certainty that when the body is dead, everything is dead. There's no life after death. So uh, he wouldn't even admit the possibility of even considering that, that life can continue after the death of the body, even though Prabhupada explained it to him in a very reasonable way. So this is one of the... Uh, there's so many uh, levels of preaching, of, of presenting Krishna consciousness. So much work to do. This is uh, presenting Krishna consciousness to the deluded scholars, as Srila Prabhupada sometimes called them. This is the uh, one of the important functions of the Krishna consciousness movement. Presenting it to them, that means uh, one has to be prepared to engage in uh, discussion, dialectics. Modern intellectuals aren't going to accept if you say, in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, and say, well, so what? I say something different. So we have to be prepared to present the topics of Bhagavad Gita in what appears to them to be a non-sectarian or non-dogmatic way. Which is quite possible because Bhagavad Gita is non-sectarian and non-dogmatic. It's a, it's a scientific presentation, we can say. Scientific in the, in the sense that Krishna didn't say to Arjuna, listen Arjuna, I'm God, you just believe what I say or otherwise I'll roast you in hell forever. Krishna never said that to Arjuna. But rather, uh, Krishna uh, presented the uh, facts of existence with many analogies to try to get Arjuna to understand it, to understand with his intelligence. Understand means to understand with your intelligence, I guess. Just like, for instance, Udaharan Sarupi. Dehino sminyata dehei komarang yovananjara tata dehantara praptihi dhiras tatrana muhyati. The soul, or, or, or rather we see the body change from boyhood to youth to old age. Death is just another change. Therefore, uh, an uh, a sober person should not be disturbed by that. So Srila Prabhupada often uh, explained this analogy that we generally tend to consider the body to be the person. But the body is always changing. And the body of a five-year-old, 45 years later, it becomes the body. It's a 50-year-old body, but it's even though the body has completely changed, the person is the same. Therefore, it is quite reasonable to conclude that the person is different from the body. And therefore, when the body dies, uh, a, a, a person who understands these points doesn't become disturbed. Because he knows that the, the, that which is indestructible will remain in, an, in another context. So anyway, time's up. There's plenty more to say, but if there are any questions, I'll take one or two questions.
You better finish the question soon, otherwise we're going to go. There won't be any time to answer it. If the question's not clear, it usually means that the person who's asking himself is not clear what he wants to say. It means they're usually too confused to be able to make a formulate a proper question. You're guessing what his question means. Okay, we have about 30 seconds to ask the question and try and sort it all out. Sorry? Mix a modern education with Krishna consciousness. Well, it does, they don't, many facets of, they don't go together very well. Many facets of modern education do not go well together with Krishna consciousness. For instance, if we teach the government syllabus, then we have to teach evolutionary theory, which doesn't fit with Krishna consciousness. Which is why Srila Prabhupada said that we are not going to teach the government syllabus. So you can try to do so, but it's, uh, it, the two things won't fit together very well. Hare Krishna, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, thank you, sorry for giving the translator so many problems. Jai Prabhupada Ki Jai Prabhupada